Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Being at Work. I'm your host, Andrea Butcher. And as you know, the heart of the show is highlighting our humanness at work. And today's guest experienced a pivotal moment many years ago while driving through Tanzania. He saw something that sparked his passion for ensuring that each person within the organization he leads is seen and valued. He's recognizing their humanness. Jeff Osterman is the chief people officer at Sweetwater. Sweetwater is the largest online retailer of musical instruments and professional audio equipment in the United States. But what you really need to know about Jeff is how he's working to create a sense of individuality within the workforce he leads. He says, we're all running fast and everyone is depleted. People end up not wanting to stay because they don't have a sense of individual connection. Listen in as Jeff shares two ways that he creates headspace to ensure presence and connection in his most valued relationships. And at the end of the episode, Jeff talks about how he balances creating a sense of individuality with consistency. So check it out. My journey is a little bit unique, but maybe not all that unique to the field of HR professionals. A lot of us have found our ways into our roles through kind of twisting and winding roads. But I actually began my career in finance many years ago. I didn't ever think I would end up in an HR field. I went into corporate finance, did that for a number of years, and then eventually ended up settling in with a small boutique private equity group that was doing both some philanthropic work and then also doing some investment work, including some investment work overseas in Africa. And at one point in my career journey, that put me in Tanzania. And we were driving through the countryside, meeting with business owners, looking at investment opportunities, connecting with entrepreneurs that were running medium-sized businesses over there. Really fun opportunity. Got to meet lots of interesting people develop lots of cultural intelligence. It's amazing how traveling overseas helps drive that opportunity for you. But at one point in that journey, when I was over there in Tanzania, we were meeting with these business owners. And a big part of our framework for investment was thinking about multiple bottom lines, certainly the financial bottom line that we needed to generate as an organization. But how we could we connect with these business owners and leaders to also help them with some of the efforts that they were doing in their own communities, creating jobs, creating economic development, in some cases, giving back charitably. And we were really thinking more holistically about our business investments as to how could you have a broader impact than just making money for the organization. And we were talking a lot about leadership development. How do you grow individuals to be able to lead companies and lead organizations and do that? That was a big part of our value proposition into these organizations is we would make an investment but we would also come alongside you as leaders in your organization and the leadership teams to try and grow you to your next level. But in the midst of all that, at one point, we were driving through the Tanzania countryside, going through village after village after village. And there was something unique that happened. At one point, we passed through a village, and this isn't uncommon if you're driving through the countryside of Africa, but we passed through a village and there was a woman walking from I assume the outskirts of the village to the village well and had a big bucket on her head and and going to collect water. 
And it's a scene that you see all over Africa in many places. But there's just something that kind of popped into my head at that moment and wasn't something I was actively thinking about, but it was almost kind of a whisper deep into my soul that said, this individual woman is probably going to live her entire life within a pretty small radius of this village, but she has every bit as much as value, worth, and impact in her circle as any of these leaders that you're talking to about these businesses is in the impact that they have. And it really, it just, it almost hit me out of the blue. And partly because it wasn't a concept that I had been thinking about, because again, we've been talking with business leaders about having big impact, broad impact and whatever their circle of influence was. But here now is this thought where this woman has tremendous value and worth and, and the quality of her impact, or I should say the magnitude of her impact was probably not going to be significant in terms of how we would typically traditionally think about that, but that doesn't mean the quality of the impact would not be there. And so I began to kind of ruminate on that idea, and it it really moved me towards a reframing of how I thought about a lot of the work and the engagement and how I would engage with employees and organizations from that point forward in continuing to help develop leaders and champion their teams and drive big value creation and organizations I'm a part of, but all along the way, not missing the opportunity then to value the individuals that are closer to the front lines and may not necessarily live their life with a massive scalable impact, but they deserve to be seen, valued, invested in, developed as much as any of those organizational leaders that we were working with. And that really all came out of that moment, sitting in a van, driving through the countryside of Tanzania. Yeah, it feels like a perfect storm because of the work that you were doing, the focus that you were having, and then having that moment where you're seeing her. And it was 12 years ago. So you've carried this story with you and it has, you know, when I asked you, Jeff, tell me about a pivotal moment. It was the first thing that you shared. Mm -hmm. Something like you said, something really shifted in you in that moment. Yeah, it absolutely did. And, And I think as I began to think about that and then bring that back into a lot of the conversations I had. And I believe many of your listeners would have experienced this either personally or been in these environments is we've all been there, right? At different points in our careers where we we are that person, we are the woman in the village in in Africa, where we don't see, we don't personally experience the sense of being seen or valued or heard. And sometimes we do that to ourselves is we hop on social media and we see what others are doing and it feels big and scalable. And maybe we begin to think to ourselves, well, what can I do? What's my influence? You know, I'm not going to be able to accomplish maybe something at that scale. And we kind of bring ourselves down. But then in many environments and many work environments, we also can be kind of the folks that are just going about our, our days doing our thing and not feeling like the organization or our managers or our leaders are seeing us well. And so a big part of my effort and work, and it it takes effort and work, is to continually be trying to create environments where people feel seen and heard in their everyday of what they do. Mm -hmm. And validated for what it is they're doing. Absolutely right. What I hear you saying in that is you're recognizing the part that everyone plays like creating Mm -hmm. that sense of value, that sense of belonging for folks. There's something else. So you work for Sweetwater, which is such a strong brand. And so, you know, when we think of, when I think of Sweetwater, I think of culture most definitely. And so 
I'm not surprised that you are there focusing on individuals feeling seen and heard. But there's something else. Before we go go down that track, I want to go back because I'm struck by, you know, there you are in this vehicle doing all of this work. You have this moment, but you said there was this whisper deep in my soul. And so it's just making me think about the in the busyness of our days, the still small voice within and taking time and paying attention to that voice. Because you could have just as easily like pushed that out of your head and focused on the work at hand or the people in the, the vehicle with you, but you didn't. I mean, there was something, some, there must have been something so poignant in that moment that it, it really caused you to pause. Yeah, absolutely. And I like to think it was something I did or something of my own effort and I could give, you know, three practical tips or something to get yourself to that moment. At least in that situation, it came so much from outside of me that I'm not sure that I could go recreate it if I wanted to, but but in I guess in a more general sense, you're absolutely right is is all of us are moving at a frenetic pace these days, and I really do believe if we're not creating space to listen and to maybe connect with others that can encourage us in that direction that you do just caught up get caught up in the pace and running fast and not taking those moments to understand where are you connecting with something deeper more profound more fundamental that really can guide the passion and the heart behind what you do yeah and i think when you're in the midst of of the craziness and the pace if you're not connecting back to heart or at least i found this to be true for myself it gets really wearisome. But if you can connect back to the heart and the purpose of what you're doing, and maybe not just what you're doing, but really where you're at in life, you know, what are the core fundamentals that you've really decided are going to shape you from a character perspective and from a values perspective? If you're not anchoring yourself back to those things and creating the spaces to do Mm -hmm. that, I think that really ends up showing up in negative ways in the work that you do every day. And I guess the positive view of that is when you do it, I think it can give you fuel to go back out there and have a bigger impact in the work that you're a part of. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. So taking the time to create space, create space to listen. So what does that look like today for you in your role at Sweetwater? Yeah. So for me personally, I've got one of the rhythms that I have is, is I take 30 minutes every morning. I get out some devotionals that I read. I take the time to listen. I'm an individual who prays, so I take the time to do that. And just having that at the start of every day is pretty significant for me. I've found that, again, once I hit my day running, there's no stop to meetings, there's no stop to conversations, there's no stop to decisions that need to be made. But having that that start to the day is really significant for me. And then the other thing I do, and I'd like to actually get better at this, so I'm still on a journey with it, But I try at least once every day to take a five-minute pause, to close the door, to turn off the email, to silence the phone, and really just take a few deep breaths and just kind of sit in the quiet of five minutes. And I found that even that act really can both slow down the day in a way that allows me to focus and be more present. But oftentimes, I get senses of that whisper coming back around. And I get senses, you know, sometimes some creative ideas or thoughts that even in a five minute window come up because I've just shut off the noise for a little bit. Yeah, it's creating the headspace, isn't it, for that space that you talked about? Absolutely. 
being present. Yeah. Cause there's a lot going on around you. I mean, you have a family, you have a very full life, you have a big role at Sweetwater. So you've got all of these people vying for your attention. You've got all this noise around you. So what does that do that? Just that five minute pause, describe the difference in a day, like that you take that five minutes versus a day that you don't. Yeah. Usually it ends up being somewhere around midday when I'm able to do it. So when I take it, I usually find that, especially if we've had intense conversations or intense decisions that need to be made in the morning, I usually find a much deeper sense of calmness and focus in the second half of the day. When I don't, I usually get to the end of the day and it's much more difficult for me to walk back into my home environment then with a sense of perspective or focus, right? Because we're talking about work here, but you're spot on is I'm also a husband, I'm also a father. And so the commitment that I need to deliver on every day is not just what happens in the work environment, but right after I walk out of that, I've also got to then go be a good husband and father in the evening and and spend time with my kids and do that well. And so what I found is that five minute pause, yeah, it does help me be more productive and efficient in the rest of my day. But it also sets me up really went much better to then walk back into my house after getting back from the office and have a sense of peace and focus and direction for being able to engage well there. And I also just fundamentally believe that those two things are always working in tandem with each other is if work isn't going well, it usually bleeds over into most people's home life. And if the home life isn't healthy, we can't help but have that impact our work. And so it's really helpful to think about it holistically that way. Very much so. Wherever you go, there you are. You're taking all that stuff with you. That's right. Yeah. And I wanted to probe into that because it's five minutes. You know, it's not like you said you have your 30 minute routine in the morning, but then it's not like you're stopping for 30 minutes. 30 minutes even isn't even that long, but five minutes. <laughs> but it takes discipline, doesn't it? I mean, there's nobody knocking on your door or texting you saying, hey, Jeff, you need to take your five minute pause now. So it, it takes discipline and integrity to recognize the value that you get, that you can be like that you're such a better person and connector as you're doing that. Yeah, it's in a similar way, I've, there's been a couple different events that I've spoken at before where I've done an exercise where I will have individuals oftentimes who don't know each other at all that may be at, at a conference stand up and, and I'll ask them to just look into each other's eyes for one minute, for 60 seconds, just look at each other. And it's amazing how incredibly awkward that is to just look at another individual for 60 seconds. And then we talk about, so we, we give everybody that experience, but then on the back end, we talk about in similar ways, we're all moving so fast that we're missing each other in the process. So much so that just to look at somebody in the face, in the eyes for 60 seconds is a tremendously awkward experience. But we're also then doing that with ourselves, right? We're moving so fast that to set aside five minutes, it may actually seem like what can be accomplished in five minutes, maybe that's not enough. But what I found when I started getting into a rhythm of it is just even sitting for five minutes in the midst of frenetic day feels really awkward and weird. It actually feels like a tremendously long time to quiet yourself and do that. But that's where the impact comes from. So it may not seem like much, but it actually has tremendous impact in the same way that 
And not that I would suggest everybody walk around and stare at their coworkers for 60 seconds at a time or anything <laughs> like that. But taking even a minute to just focus on somebody else or taking five minutes to still ourselves and focus on ourselves, it really is in those increments where I think the difference happens and the meaning and the connectedness happens. And I think the lie that we sometimes get caught up in is we need a big program, a big initiative. I need to put 10 massive goals on that I'm going to accomplish over the course of the year. I think sometimes we just overcomplicate it versus just saying, just start with five minutes and see what happens. Start there. Isn't that good? Well, yeah. And it creates a foundation. I mean, I loved your use of the word anchored earlier. Like, what are you anchored to? And I think that works for individuals and teams, doesn't it? And coworkers and our families. And so it starts with me and I have to be individually anchored. But then do we have a relationship in which we are taking the time to see each other? And I just got into the office a few minutes ago and came in pretty quickly, like getting ready for this podcast recording. And one of my colleagues who's been out for a few days, and I know that her in-laws are having some health issues. and. So I was really intentional about like, what's most important right now, talking to Annie. And I could feel that urgency, like I got to get in there and get ready for the podcast. But I filtered that through the relationship first. And so we stood there and I asked her like, how are you really? And how can I help? And are you getting everything you need? And we're anchored in this foundation of relationship and trust and love and care for each other. Mm -hmm that get often gets lost. Yeah. And even if that some of that maybe sounds soft to some people that may be listening, I think the other part of it is if you just go look at it and come back to the season we're in right now, I think great resignation, individuals trying to understand where they fit on their career journey. You go back and look at any historical research on employee engagement and two of the primary factors consistently over and over and over again in any body of research will be the quality of my relationship with my direct supervisor and whether I can affirmatively state, do I have a good friend at work? And so we talk about great resignation and certainly compensation matters, benefits matters, work flexible, all of those things do matter and have to be addressed. But I also think it's good for us, especially in the season we're at collectively now, is to be able to come back to those core things and say, but where are the human connections, right? I need to be looking at these bigger macro things and what we're doing in our organizations. And we are doing that even at Sweetwater. But if we're missing those human connections, not only is it just the right thing to do because we all want to be connected with in that way, it also does have true business ROI attached to it. And that's not the reason we do it, but it is a benefit of doing it. Absolutely. And it just creates a way better work environment. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> well, and I know that there are some foundational things within the organization, philosophies like treating everyone like a friend that you are anchored to as a business that really drives that connection. Yeah. So Sweetwater, we've been serving music makers for 43 years now. And in our business model is a little bit unique because we we're an e-commerce company, and so we, we sell online, but we also have 600 salespeople that their specific role is building connections and long-term relationships with musicians so that we can get the products they need to help them make their music. 
And so one of the wonderful things we have at Sweetwater is when we talk about relationship, this isn't just about what we're doing with our employees. It actually flows through our whole business model. And so it's also really genuine and natural for us to say, look, we're doing this with our customers. We also look to build these kind of high quality relationships with our vendors, everyone who's a part of our ecosystem. And so it is a kind of an asset for them, for me to be able to come back into our organization and say, look, if we're going to be about building relationships with our customers, which we are, we also together with each other as coworkers need to be thinking about that. We, we wouldn't be honoring the mission of what we're doing as an organization if we weren't also looking to do this with each other. There'd be a complete mismatch there. So we do have the benefit of leaning on that. But I think if any organization peels back their layers deep enough, you're always going to end up in that place. At some point, every organization started with an idea that they could help somebody in some way, either in a way they weren't being served at all, or maybe they weren't being served well. And the genesis of every company, every nonprofit, every community organization started with that idea. And the foundation of it really was a relationship. It was, I want to help somebody else out in some way. And so I also think it's important for us to be able to connect back to that, which goes back to that idea of mission and purpose. And then how does that translate into our employee relationships as well? Absolutely. Yeah, it's all connected. And it goes back to each individual recognizing their part in that, right? So that sense of individuality that you started with. You know, I'm curious, I'd love to get your thoughts on how you balance individuality and consistency. In the HR circles, I've had so many conversations over the last couple of years about like protecting the foundation of regulation and consistency and how we're treating our workforce, but also ensuring that each person sees their value and is feeling recognized. How do you balance that? It is a balance for sure. And I wouldn't at all claim that, that we have the magic answer to it. I think for us, a lot of it just comes back to communication and transparency. And there's some things we're doing well in those areas. There's still opportunities that we have. I think what we've found is even in those places where maybe things aren't the same, if you've given it good thought, you've really opened yourself up to the feedback and input from others, and you can sit down with individuals and authentically say, hey, let me hear what you have to say about this. But then if we've chosen to approach something a certain way, let me then explain to you how and why we're doing it so that you can understand the context of how we've chosen to make this decision and something that may be perceived as being different or lacking consistency. Almost all of the time, we get to a good place of common understanding. But even in that, I think it then again, it takes the willingness to sit down and have conversations around that. Yes. We at Sweetwater, we tend not to be a very heavily policy-driven culture, but that takes a lot of work and effort. I think sometimes it can be easy to say, well, we're going to solve this by developing a policy that treats everybody the same. But then you lose that sense of individuality, as you kind of mentioned, but it's also really difficult to sit down and, and we've got 2,500 employees now is to sit down and always be customizing everything to every individual in 2,500 different scenarios. And so I think our best solution that we have so far is that we're going to err on the side as much as possible of trying to do the right thing for every individual. But in those places where we need to be consistent, and maybe it's not going to feel like that to people, 
then we've got to at least be able to communicate well as to why we're doing the thing that we're doing. And again, I think when most people at least will feel end up feeling respected enough if you at least take the time to explain it well to them. But when you just ship out a policy notice via email or something like that, that's where it really gets lost. Of course. Yeah. And people feel that. Well, and it also goes back in those situations. It goes back to good leadership, doesn't it? So leaders also taking the time to hear and understand and hopefully leaders connecting the dots between individual needs and organizational needs and uh, supporting that transparency that you mentioned. Well, oh my goodness, Jeff, so many great takeaways. I mean, you've talked so much about in sense of creating a sense of individuality and the impact that that has. But it's interesting that you also started so much with you and the part that you're playing and being really intentional about getting yourself into a good place where you can best connect with all of the people in your life. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for sharing your insight. Thank you for the great work that you're doing and for modeling the way. You're very welcome. I appreciate the opportunity. It's been really good to spend the time talking with you a bit. If our listeners want to connect with you, Jeff, what's the best way to do that? Best way is to find me on LinkedIn. That's a good way. You can also learn more about Sweetwater at sweetwater.com. And I also have some bio information out on our team page there. You can find some more about me there, but either one of those options is great. Yeah. What are you most excited about for the rest of 2022 at Sweetwater? Is there something exciting you all, you all are working on or you're working on specifically? Well, we've got collectively as a business, we've got some cool new growth initiatives that we're turning on that we're very excited about, just new ways that we're going to be able to serve our customers. We've had a really unique opportunity, like I mentioned, over 43 years to build all of these relationships. But even the last couple of years through the pandemic, we found that a lot more people turn to music as a way to help them cope with and move through a, a very challenging season. And so that's been neat. And so we're, we're developing some other ways to connect with them and, and add more value to their musical journey, which is a lot of fun to be a part of. And then the other part of it is I think we've got a unique opportunity, even though in the work that we do as HR professionals, is really show the value that we, we can create for employees. All of these things that we've talked about today is create those individual connections, but also help find out where they're at on their career journey and how we can intersect with that. And we've just come off of this global pandemic, and now we're having conversations about recession, and there's layoffs beginning to happen in the market. And so I, I don't think some of the outside pressures are going away. I don't think anybody would believe that to be true. But I fundamentally see that as an opportunity for great organizations to shine through and to show how they're going to be there for the people that are there for the customers that they're serving. And so I, so I get excited about that. I think it's an opportunity for us and many others to shine. I do too. I see so much, so much potential right now to, to lean into the things we've talked about today, connection and individuality and everyone feeling like they, they're adding value in, and doing their part. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.